Section 9 of A Young Girl's Diary by Anonymous. Translated by Cedar Paul and others. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by K. Hand. August through October, the second year. August 1st. It was awfully jolly on my birthday. We drove to Glasshoot, where it is lovely. There we cooked our own dinner in the inn, for the landlady was ill, and so was the cook. On one's birthday, everyone is always so nice to one. What I like most of all is the Ebba Cedar paint box and the book, too. But I never have any time to read. Hella sent me a lovely picture, maternal happiness, a dachshund with two puppies, simply sweet. When I go home, I shall hang it up near the door over the bookcase. Ada gave me a silk purse which she had worked for me herself. Aunt Dora gave me a diary, but I can't use it because I prefer to write upon loose sheets. Grandfather and grandmother at B sent me a great piece of marzipan, splendid. Ada thinks it lovely. She didn't know marzipan before. August ninth, When it's not holidays, Ada goes to school in St. Polton, staying there with her aunt and uncle because the school in H is not so good as the school in St. P. Perhaps next term she is coming to Vienna, for she has finished with the middle school and has to go on learning. But she has no near relations in Vienna where she could stay. She might come to live with us. Dora could have a room to herself as she always wants, and Ada and I could share a room. I would much rather share a room with her than with Dora, who is always making such a fuss. August 10th. I do really think. A boy can always get what he wants. Oswald is really going for a fortnight to Zaim to stay with his chum. Only Oswald, of course. I should like to see what would happen if Dora or I wanted to go anywhere. A boy has a fine time. It's the injustice of the thing which makes me furious. For we know for certain that he's had a bad report, even though he does not tell us anything about it. But of course that doesn't matter. They throw every two in our teeth, and when he gets several satisfactories, he can go wherever he likes. His chum, too. He only got to know Max Rosny this year, and he's a chum already. Hella and I have been chums since we were in the second in the elementary school, and Dora and Frieda Ertel since they went to the high school. We both gave him a piece of our mind about friendship. He laughed scornfully and said, That's all right. The friendship of men became closer as the years pass, but the friendships of you girls go up in smoke as soon as the first admirer turns up. What cheek! Whatever happens, Hella and I shall stick to one another till we're married, for we want to be married on the same day. Naturally, she will probably get engaged before me, but she must wait for me before she's married. That's simply her duty as a friend. August 12th. Oswald went away yesterday, and we had another scene just before he left, because he wanted one of us to go with him to the station and help carry his luggage. As if we were his servants. Ada wanted to volunteer to carry it, but Dora gave her a nudge, and luckily she understood directly. Sometimes, but only sometimes, when Dora gets in a wax, she is rather like Hella. She thinks it's better that Oswald has gone away, because otherwise there are always rows. That's because she always comes off second best. For really, he is cleverer than she is. And when he wants to make her really angry, he says something to her in Latin, which she can't understand. I think that's the real reason why she's learning Latin. I must say I would not bother myself so about a thing like that. I really wouldn't bother. August 15th. Today I posted the parcel to Hella, a silver wire watch chain. I made it in four days. I hope she'll get it safely. One can never be sure in Hungary. August 17th. We are so frightfully busy with Japanese lanterns and fur garlands. The people who have received birthday honors are illuminating and decorating their houses. While we were at work, Ada told me a few things. She knows more than Hella and me because her father is a doctor. He tells her mother a good deal and Ada overhears a lot of things, though they generally stop talking when she comes in. Ada would like awfully to be an actress. I never thought of such a thing, though I've been to the theater often. August 22nd. 
Hella is awfully pleased with the chain. She is wearing it. She is really learning to ride at her cousin's. It's a pity he's called Lajos. But Ludwig is not any better. He seems to be awfully nice and smart. But it's a pity he's twenty-two already. August 25th. Ada is frightfully keen on the theatre. She has often been to the theatre in St. Polton, and she is in love with an actor with whom all the ladies in St. Polton are in love. That is why she wants to be an actress, so that she can live free and unfettered. That is why she would like so much to come to Vienna. I wish she could come and live with us. She says she is pining away in H for it's a dull hole. She says she can't stand the cramping conditions. In St. Polton she spent all her pocket money upon flowers for him. She always said that she had to buy such a lot of copy-books and things for school. That's where she's lucky not to be at home, for I could not easily take in mother like that. It would not work. One always has too little pocket-money anyhow, and when one lives at home one's parents know just what copy-books one has. I should like to go away from home for a few months. Ada says it is very good for one, for then one learns to know the world. At home, she says, one only grows musty and fusty. When she talks like that, she really looks like an actress, and she certainly has talent. Her German master at school says so, too. She can recite long poems, and the girls are always asking the master to let her recite. August 30th. Today Ada recited Geibel's poem, The Death of Tiberius. It was splendid. She is a born actress, and it's a horrid shame she can't go on the stage. She is to teach French or sewing. But she says she's going on the stage. I expect she will get her way somehow. August 31st. Oswald's having a fine long fortnight. He's still there and can stay until September 4th. If it had been Dora or me, there would have been a frightful hullabaloo. But Oswald may do anything. Ada says, we girls must take for ourselves what the world won't give us of its own free will. September 5th. In the forest the other day I promised Ada to ask Mother to let her come and stay with us so that she could be trained for the stage. I asked Mother today, but she said it was quite out of the question. Ada's parents simply could not afford it. If she has talent, the thing comes of itself, and she need only to go to a school of dramatic art so that she could more easily get a good theater, says Ada. So I don't see why it should be so frightfully expensive. I'm awfully sorry for Ada. September 10th. Oh, we have all been so excited. I've got to pack up my diary because we're going home tomorrow. I must write as quickly as I can. There have been some gypsies here for three days, and yesterday one of the women came into the garden through the back gate and looked at our hands and told our fortunes, mine and Ada's and Dora's. Of course we don't believe it, but she told Ada that she would have a great but short career after many difficult struggles. That fits in perfectly. But she made a frightful mess of it with me. Great happiness awaits me when I am as old again as I am now. A great passion and great wealth. Of course that must mean I am to marry at twenty-four. At twenty-four? How absurd! Dora says that I look much younger than twelve, so that she meant twenty or even eighteen. But that's just as silly, for Dr. H., who is a doctor and knows so many girls, says I look older than my age, so that it's impossible that the old gypsy woman could have thought I was only ten or even nine. Dora's fortune was that in a few years she was to have much trouble, then happiness. And she told Ada that her line of life was broken. September 14th. Oswald left early this morning. Father kissed him on both cheeks and said, For God's sake, be a good chap this last year at school. He has to matriculate this year. It's frightfully difficult. But he says that anyone who has cheek enough can get through it all right. He says that cheek is often more help than a lot of swoting and grinding. I know he's right, but unfortunately at the moment it never occurs to me what I ought to do. I often think afterwards you ought to have said this or that. Hella is really wonderful. And Franca, too, though she's not particularly clever, can always make a smart answer. If only half of what Oswald says he says to the professors is true, then I can't understand why he is not expelled from every gym. 
says mother oswald says if one only puts in the right way no one can say anything but that doesn't hold anyways september sixteenth hella is coming back today that's why i'm writing in the morning because she's coming here in the afternoon i'm awfully glad i've begged mother to buy a lovely cake one of the kind hella and i are both so fond of september twentieth only a word or two school began again today thank goodness frau doctor m still takes our class Fräulein steiner took her doctor's degree at the end of the school year in history we have a new frau doctor but we don't know her name yet the vischer woman has been married in the holidays it's enough to make one split with laughing that anyone should marry her dora says she wouldn't like to be her husband but most likely he will soon get a divorce besides spectacles and a woman are awful i can put up with a pince-nez for one does not wear them all the time but spectacles dora says too that she can't understand how a man can marry a woman with spectacles hella often says it makes her feel quite sick when vischer glares at her through her spectacles we have a new natural history professor i'm awfully glad that three of our mistresses have doctor's degrees and that we have one or really two professors for we have the religions professor too in the third they are frightfully annoyed because only one of their mistresses has a doctor's degree dora has two doctors and three professors september twenty fifth all the girls are madly in love with professor wilke the natural history professor Hella and I walked behind him today all the way home. He is a splendid-looking man, so tall that his head nearly touches the lamp when he stands up quickly, and a splendid fair beard like fire when the sun shines on it. A sun-god. We call him S.G., but no one knows what it means and who we are talking about. September 29th. Schmolka has left, I suppose because of Fräulein Saint's vanity bag. Two other girls have left, and three new ones have come, but neither I nor Hella like them. October 1st. It was my turn in natural history today. I worked frightfully hard, and he was splendid. We are to look after the pictures and the animals all through the term. How jolly! Hella and I always wear the same colored hair ribbons, and in the natural history lesson we always put tissue paper of the same color on the desk. He wants us to keep notebooks, observations on nature. We have bound ours in lilac paper, exactly the same shade as his necktie. On Tuesdays and Fridays we have to come to school at half-past eight to get things ready. Oh, how happy I am! October ninth, He is a cousin of our gymnastic master. Splendid! This is how we found it out. We, Hella and I, are always going past the cafe sick, because he always has his afternoon coffee there. And on Thursday, when we passed by there before the gymnastic lesson, there was the gymnastic master sitting with him. Of course, we bowed to them as we passed, and in the gymnastic lesson, Herr Barr said to us, So you two are tormented and pestered by my cousin in natural history? pestered we said oh no it's the most delightful lesson in the whole week is that so said he i won't forget to let him know of course we begged and prayed him not to give us away saying it would be awful but we do hope he will october twentieth frau doctor steiner's mother is dead we are so sorry for her some of us are going to the funeral i mayn't go mother says it's not suitable and hella is not allowed to go either i wonder if he will go i'm sure he will for really he has to October 23rd. Frau Dr. Saint looks frightfully pale. Franca says she will certainly get married soon now that both her parents are dead. Her fiancé often fetches her from the Liz. I mean, he waits for her in L Street. Hella thinks an awful lot of him, of course, because he's an officer. I don't think much of him myself. He's too short and too fat. He's only a very little taller than Fräulein Saint. I think a husband should be nearly a head taller than his wife, or at least half a head taller, like our father and mother. October 29th. We have such a frightful lot of work to do that we're not taking season tickets this winter, but are going to pay each time we go skating. I wish we knew whether he skates and where. 
Hella thinks that with great caution we might find out from his cousin during the gymnastic lesson. They are often together in the cafe. I should like to know what they talk about. They are always laughing such a lot, especially when we go by. October 31st. Ada has written to me. She is awfully unhappy. She is back in St. P. in a continuation school, but the actor is not there any more. She writes that she yearns to throw off her chains which lie heavy on her soul. Poor darling. No one can help her. That is, her mother could help her, but she won't. It must be awful. Hella thinks that her parents will not allow her to go on the stage until she has tried to do herself a mischief. Then things may be better. It's quite true. What can her mother be thinking of when she knows how fearfully unhappy Ada is? After all, why on earth shouldn't she go on the stage when she has so much talent? All her mistresses and masters at the middle school praised her reciting tremendously, and one of them said in so many words that she had great dramatic talent. Masters don't flatter one, except, first of all, he is not just an ordinary master, but a professor, and secondly, he is quite, quite different from all others. When he strokes his beard, I become quite hot and cold with ecstasy, and the way he lifts up his coat-tails as he sits down. It's lovely. I do want to kiss him. Hella and I take turns to put our penholder on his desk so that he can hallow it with his hand as he writes. Afterwards, in the arithmetic lesson, when I write with it, I keep looking at Hella, and she looks back at me, and we both know what the other is thinking of. End of section 9